we are entering the second part of it, so I will retreat as uh, organizer and chair because uh, I have ideas, but other people have different ideas and equal rights to express. So the debate will be headed by a Financial Times journalist. Um, what this journalist doesn't know <coughs> is that uh, us intellectuals, we adore Financial Times, at least the European edition of it, because we do not read at all the British edition that we hate. Um, and now the, the journalist today is Christian Oliver. Christian Oliver is a journalist since already 13 years. He's with Financial Times since five years. So he's really already a highly professional and he doesn't need anything more from me. So you have the floor and you are the boss, Christian. Right. Good morning. And thank you very much for, uh, for inviting me here. Um, I mean, just as I should make an apology first, because as uh, Tuck said, indeed, there was a lot of discussion over the very the full stops and the commas of the energy union during the summit last night. So I come sleepless from the summit here. So if I'm not very coherent at times, it'll be a mac uh, sort of mix of lack of knowledge of subject matter and uh, not having not having slept. Um, but I'd like I suppose the best place to start would be the theme that Tug was touching on as well. Um, and as for a, a naive neophyte arriving at this story of energy union at the beginning of last year and it started to develop, um, I became, I was sort of exposed for the first time to these big questions like the energy islands uh, that we find in the European market. So we started to look at some of them, we started to look at France and Spain. And each time you started to look at one of these uh, questions, people will tell you of 30 years of problems, um, of, sort of an inability to connect across the Pyrenees. Um, again, as Tag mentioned, there's been a sort of a political push in that direction now um, uh, around the sort of momentum that's being built up by the energy union. But equally, uh, you know, th then, then people always will show you to the Baltic. They'll show you to the, the renewables of southern Italy. They'll point you to the, the German-Polish border. And I think this is the, the broad thing I'd like to, to start with, with our um, panel that we have here today. Um, just to sort of ask them to what extent you think that this is, there is this big political heave now being put around the idea of an energy union, whether it is this idea of packaging or just warming up some things that we've just struggled with for, for decades, or whether there is something genuinely new now in a, uh, a sense of uh, momentum. And I think, I think for that, I'd maybe I should start with Georg Dachmann from, uh, from Bruegel, please. Um, I think that's the question. Um, thank you, uh, Christian. I, um, for me, the Energy Union project is indeed about political signaling. And in that sense, somewhat, uh, somewhat packaging. It's about eliciting a political signal by the heads of state that they want on those five dimensions a bit more of centralization and cede some of their competences uh, to either cooperative regional approaches or to, uh, to the European level. And um, this signal has not been very strong yesterday, yeah. as, uh, as I see it, so it has, uh, it has been rather welcoming of the uh, of the energy union and they, you can continue to work on that but we have seen similar statements on the internal market for 20 years and the uh, the situation has not really developed uh, very dynamically there in the direction of convergence 
what I see more or what I see more is divergence. So let me quickly go through the through the five dimensions and, and give a short uh, note on, on where I think we will, uh, what the Commission would like to to get to and uh, and what we are likely to get to so in terms of the uh, uh, in terms of the internal market the uh, internal market has been a lot about short term price signals has been about wholesale markets about balancing intraday whatever but at the same time the long term uh, price signals in terms of investments have been completely renationalized in the past 10 years now Renewables are built up based on national price signals. Networks are built up based on national decisions. Uh, capacity mechanisms pop up uh, all over Europe. We have now discussions on storage. We have now discussions on decommissioning in some member states of certain types of technology based on national signals. So investment and disinvestment decisions are renationalized. And I do not see a political will currently to reverse this trend and give this to the European market, which was supposed to be the tool. On emissions, which is the second pillar or decarbonization, there is a brilliant European tool, the emission trading system. Now, yesterday uh, there uh, has been um, uh, announced by, uh, by German uh, energy and uh, economics minister uh, Sigmar Gabriel that they now want to do something about uh, coal emissions in Germany because they don't hit their national targets. So they are essentially having a way to, inside the ETS, kill some coal-fired power plants. The allowances will be spread out throughout the European Union. There will be more coal burned in Poland and France and, uh, and wherever and the European emissions, nobody cares. So again, sign of uh, divergence. In terms of security, um, yes, we are talking a lot about uh, so, uh, solidarity rules now and intergovernmental agreements, transparency, but the real thing about, is it feasible in the European Union if the Russians stop gas supply to, uh, to Europe, that Saint-Gobain in France stops producing for, for some days so that the Slovakians don't freeze to death? I think we are not there at all. So. Uh, um, and I don't see India any current proposals, anything that would make, uh, make a shift there. And that's, I think, where the, uh, where the rubber hits the road. On energy efficiency, yes, we have some non-binding European targets. And uh, on, uh, on innovation, we, we might have some coordination. But those are, have always been kind of the weakest parts of, of European coordination. Um, and for the second round of, uh, of discussion, I would then like to discuss also a bit why the Commission wants to go more for, for retail and consumers and buildings, which I think due to subsidiarity might not be the, uh, okay. the strongest reason. Sure. I mean, Sami Andorra, that, I mean, is that too bleak a perspective? Yeah, I think uh, intervention is an illustration that beyond the energy union impulse, the real work, the real discussion, which will be then detailed, technical, etc., is starting. But two observations. First, before your question, centralization, I would, I would be very careful. I think the energy system is much more centralized than the institutional settings at European level addressing uh, this system. Uh, regarding your question, uh, whether it's old, it's new, I think it's both. Energy at the heart of European integration, a European answer to the energy challenges of the future was there. 60 years ago for the creation of the European Coal and Steel Community, the Euratom Treaty, and so on. So European vision for energy has always been there. It's not new. What has changed drastically is the substance, the energy world itself, both outside EU borders and the status, the role, the place of the EU is one of declining. <laughs> That's the reality. And then within the energy system, the shift from 
let's say, uh, a more centralized energy system towards what we all want, please, the consumers, the demand side, etc. It's a tremendous change. We're not there yet. So I would say that in that way, it's both old and new, and it's not a matter of ambition and political ambition. It's a matter of necessity. And finally, just to show, um, I, in French we say uh, no one is a prophet in his own country. I just would like to start with by saying that it's a, then a good thing that the French School of Regulation is coming in Brussels to discuss energy issues. And on an interesting day, it's the day of the eclipse as well. And it was the day of the European Council itself. The, European, the, the eclipse, everyone wants to see it. You know that it's happening far beyond your world, very on the top level. And the European Council is the same. But you cannot see it. And once you see it, it, it hurts sometimes. And this is, uh, so the, the, the lessons might be that uh, the eclipse is not democratic in a certain way. And uh, what I feel good in this European conclusion is the fact that, of course, the European Council will continue to supervise and to be informed. But now the matter of the work is for the stakeholders themselves and the Energy Council, the ministers, and all the stakeholders. But what is good is that the European Commission is back in the driving seat in the energy process. And uh, Jean-Michel Glachon, were you, were you playing something of the, the devil's advocate in some of your scepticism about the, uh, the depths to which the energy union would go? I was in this room in November 2013 when unexpectedly a big guy a European Commission under condition of anonymity told the following to the regulators and me as front school of regulation. I'm sorry with you guys but the energy policy you did know or you know is done. Uh, the Berlin Council is done. The 2020-20 is dead. We have only one strategy at Commission, competitiveness, and we are so pressured by shell gas on the one hand and the cost of renewable on the other that no other strategy than competitiveness can work. I was totally surprised because I'm naive and I thought, wow, that's a shift. What did we see in 2014? But it has been confirmed by the Council repeatedly that, sorry, but that's the new policy. <laughs> if you don't like it, uh, uh, move uh, somewhere else in the US or in China, but Europe is a new Europe. So it explains why I did think well, energy union will be an empty box, because in this setting, you cannot put anything in. As the tag uh, underlines, and also the former speakers, it's not the case. Energy Union is a full box. It's even, it's even very full. Uh, if you knew my manifesto from October, November, I did describe six fundamental boxes for Energy Union policy. And for each, I did give a max, which is something we will never do, but we can, we can think, and a mean, which is what we are going to do. Because, because in this new setting. Okay, out of my six box, five today are at max with the proposal for energy union. Only one is mean. Which one? Retail. 
On retail, roughly, and, and tag didn't deny what companies will do. What, what I did call myself mean. All the rest, which is power will sell, gas market, targets for 2030. You have seen energy efficiency. Energy efficiency has been, has been uh, put away by the council, but it's coming back by the end of the door. And we will get, uh, we should get an energy efficiency push and re regulation. Um, then governance, even governance is questioned because it's visible that this new policy requires a new governance and in the proposals of commission you have seen that and so will could become regional operating entities. Oh, and so operating the flows. And ESR should become a kind of regulator. I, I don't want to turn into more details, but even of governance, they are pushy. And of course, we know for external energy security. The good question is asked by my young fellows, and, and they will replace me and John Arnold in the coming decade, if not the coming years. Uh, OK, but it's a commission paper. So what, what will be done? Uh, TAG is saying, but look at the Council yesterday. The Council yesterday said, but that's a European policy we're entering in. And Martin Schulz said yesterday or two days ago, it won't be intergovernmental, it will be communitarian approach, the Parliament will be there. And a few minutes ago, stakeholders are there. But none of this tell us what we will get. We have plenty of, of even very sound uh, uh, commission positions having, having been unable to, 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 to fly. If you remember the mergers process, if you remember even property rights, definition of property rights at European level. So I won't say the box is empty, the box is full. I won't say the box is full of uh, secondary things. I will say it is full of hard proposals. Um, I won't say that commission is alone because it's obvious that council and uh, parliament and stakeholders are interested. I will only say that I do not know what we will get at all. And I do not deny to commission the bravery of having uh, fulfilled the box, opened the box and, and pushed it. But I do not know what we will get. That's it. And Jean-Arnaud Vinois. Yes, thank you very much. And um, I'm sometimes called uh, EU veteran. So it's good to go uh, uh, yes, and, uh, <laughs> a bit backwards. Uh, and um, I, I think that um, you need to, to see the, the dynamism of the uh, European process. And um, some, of course, will say the lack of dynamism. But um, if you take energy, uh, everything started in 2007. Uh, that is eight years ago. Think about the first time we had a convergence of ideas of the member states in the field of energy was in March 2007 under Angela Merkel chairing the European Council and clinching a deal on the 2020-2020. 2007, we are in 2015. What has been done since 2007? It is the third internal market package. Unbundling was the, the key word. Johannes Kindler knows that uh, at the time. And we had France and Germany deeply opposed. Look at where we are now with ownership unbundling and TSOs and things like that. So uh, directive on renewables. 
I was told that only four member states were in favor of renewables uh, one month before the March 2007 Council. There was an agreement and the Directive on Renewables has been agreed under the French Presidency, Mr. Sarkozy, at the end of 2008. And uh, ETS has been made. Uh, energy efficiency came later because it was already a subsidiarity issue, but in 2012 there was a, a Directive on Energy Efficiency. Infrastructure, a domain réservé, prerogative régalienne, uh, for a long time, I remember the, the, the beginning of the trans-European networks, member states were absolutely opposed 20 years to have any clue of EU in the field of infrastructure, be it energy, transport, telecommunication, nothing. Where are we today? Connecting Europe facility, 35 billion just to, to finance infrastructure. So look at the dynamism. And the other dynamism that you are all, all forgetting all the time, but I don't forget it because I've been in the middle of it, we have gone from six member states in 57, 58 to 28 today, and only 30 new in the last 10 years. You know, this is an earthquake. And today the Bulgarian uh, GDP per capita is one-tenth of the Luxembourg one. How do you deal with this discrepancy and this divergence? I think it's a miracle that we are where we are today here, discussing the energy union. So. We have at all the elements, the ingredients, I would say all the ingredients of an energy policy were there in March 2007. And we have delivered. The Commission has made the proposals, the Council and the Parliament have agreed the main components, third package, being implemented by NSOE, NSOG, ACER and all the member states. Not perfectly. The Commission has some work to do, infringement and things like that. So, but uh, directive renewables. 14% renewable in the energy mix today. We were at 6, 7 in 2007. Uh, look at um, ETS, of course, is a failure. It may be not the right mechanism, I don't know. We may think about this, but um, infrastructure regulation 2013, regulation on security of gas supply in 2010. So look at all what has been agreed. So don't say that there was not a kind of convergence on energy policy. But, of course, we are not uh, blind and we see the shortcomings. We see that there is still these national interventions. Well, sovereignty on uh, the choice of energy mix. This is in the treaty, Article 194. Uh, taxation of energy, the failure of agreeing an energy taxation uh, directive uh, uh, one year ago uh, just to put it in line with the 2020 objectives is a major failure. Of course. So. I think that is where we come with the energy union. It's a qualitative step to be done. We are going from the ingredients of an energy policy where we've been more or less successful and we are moving towards something else. Do we want to go further? Do we want to practice the solidarity in, in reality? Do we want to optimize all what we have already at the European level? be it resources or infrastructures, to have the best cost-effective system. Having the best sun, having the best wind, onshore or offshore, and all these things are really the question we have today. And I think looking at the uh, energy you know, from the demand side rather than the supply side, because looking at the supply side has just led us in the Madrid uh, Forum, the Florence Forum, the Bratislava Forum, the uh, London mm. Forum, the Berlin Forum, and another forum on infrastructure, I think we need on one forum, 
one forum where everybody is discussing the issue because the stakeholders are very important and the lobbies also have been very important but the way the energy policy has been developed was really prone to lobbies and i think we have to finish that we have to take another lobby which is us the citizens the consumers that is where really we need to look at the energy we are looking at providing the best possible service to the citizens if you take this point of view this angle of attack this red line for your energy union you will do a lot and you will go for the energy transition that everybody is now in agreement with and we will develop the right tools uh, to, uh, to, to achieve that. And the internal market is a major tool and that is where really optimization of resource and infrastructure is. So you have to ensure that the internal market is working really as a level playing field with day ahead, uh, intraday uh, balancing and the security of electricity supply which I think is missing at the moment, because that is where you would frame at the European level of generation adequacy, the capacity market, uh, reserve uh, maybe, and uh, a supply standard for the uh, consumers and the emergency uh, 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 plans and things like that. So there is, that is missing. And that is where, of course, today the member states are just taking national measures which are undermining completely your electricity uh, measure. And we need, of course, to have the right signal uh, for, for the consumers, the price signals. Today are not right. We've regulated price in 15 member states. It's nonsense. So you need to take the point of view of the consumer and to regulate it properly. That's the task. And that should be the red line for the energy union. And that is where you may gain the support of the population and also then the political support mm. you need. And uh, Tug O'Brien, I mean, I'm sure you'd uh, concur with a lot of these ideas of, of, of uh, the momentum that's been, been built up, but perhaps you'd like to respond to some of the more um, immediate questions that uh, Georg had on the uh, internal market and Jean-Michel had on the, uh, the retail market. First of all, I want to start by saying, of course, John Renault was right, and I can say that even though he's not my director anymore, um, a lot of work has been done. Someone, he was there, so much words, an awful lot of work has been done. And then I want to use that as a counterpoint to what Georg was saying, and he was saying, well, short term, long term, and so on and so forth. Well, the first point, and we, we risk getting into a technical discussion now, but let's skirt around it for a second. Short-term markets are clearly critical because if you have bad short-term markets, you've got terrible long-term markets. And if you've got terrible long-term markets, you are driving the need for even more intervention than is necessary. So I don't think we should somehow put this and say, oh, everybody's been distracted by getting balancing markets working, or that's not important and this day ahead stuff is, or we missed the big thing when we're looking at this for renewables or nuclear support or whatever else it is. It's not. It's absolutely critical. Now then this assessment as to when and how intervention might or might not be necessary and how we shape the outcomes that we're looking for comes on top of that. And I think that's clearly what you were saying, is that the long-term market, if we want to shape outcomes that would not necessarily happen without political intervention, and that comes, and that's a very political discussion, and it's a correctly a political discussion, and it touches on many different issues. But we can be fairly sure that if we have a badly, poorly functioning short-term markets, the interventions will have even worse effects on what happens on integration, that we will see a further retreat into silos. So what we can do by building the short-term markets, by this technical work that's been done, and now needs to be taken on further, is by making sure that we can have an open and clear discussion 
about how we achieve our wider energy policy aims, which often won't need intervention, which can be have re-delivered by having renewables fully participating in a market, having a market that they can fully participate on, and then when it is necessary to, to do something to shape the policies, we can be sure about how much it's costing, what impact it's having, and that it's looked at on a cross-border basis. And I just, without going any more technical than that. Um, I'm very glad that Jean-Michel has seen a full box or full glass here. But I think he also hit the point, which is somehow what I was going at. This is the start. It's the start of a series of detailed work programs. Of course it can fail. You know, I mean, some people say, you know, failure is not an option, but let's be clear. We wouldn't be taking a risk. It wouldn't be a policy. You wouldn't put anything in the news as going, oh, it's inevitable it's going to happen. Of course it could. It will require political commitment. That's what this is about. This isn't just a series of implementing matters that we just go on and that's it and, it, and the thing rolls on. No, this is, this is important work. And it'll be important that the Commission, for its part, is able to be coherent and come out with clear positions that have been touched on and across the internal work that makes sense from a competition policy point of view, that makes sense from the wider economic and finance support and economic policy point of view and makes sense from the energy policies that we're trying to achieve. And that's, some of you are inside the bubble a bit, and that's one of the things that the new framework is trying to achieve. And it would be important that those stakeholders out there know that there is detailed work coming. And they, as I said, look up what's coming in our roadmaps. They talk to people, they understand that. Sami, you had a, just, a, just a quick point on that one, if you could. Very well, the, the key challenge with Fight for the energy union mm. fighting, breaking silos and fragmentation, mm. is building the bridge between the recent past European energy policy, where there's a lot of shortcomings that needs to be addressed, good things that need to be strengthened, and things which were never there that needs to be developed. We're preaching this for since 2010, so nothing new there. But the bridge with the world of the future, with the, the world of today, in fact, mm. And this is the energy union, innovation, trade, social policies, uh, digital energy, etc., etc. And for this, the energy union needs to bring all together. There's a lot of initiatives, technical or not, etc. You cannot address, develop them separately. Just look at security of electricity supply, market design, regional integration, all this demand side management, retail markets. We have the impression that these are completely different issues that we need to develop, address with one instrument, one initiative, etc. Mm -hmm. It's the end of that. We need to have a strategy which is covering all this. And the stakeholders, the governance is as well fragmented from security of electricity supply, market design, etc. These are not the same people talking to the same people, etc. So we need to end with that. And at the same time, and it's also what we've been working hard with Arnold building the future and this we do not have and the energy union fixing things should also launch 